The Film Guide with Chris and Sam, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello and welcome to the St Albans Film Guide. It is Friday the 8th of October and what a treat. We've got Chris Aikman in the hot seat this week and I'll be here, I guess, you know, guiding him along uh, throughout the show. That's me. As always, yes, you are my spiritual guide, uh, guide on the podcast and in life. So um, thank you very much. That's all I have to say. (laughs) You're most welcome. And thank you uh, also for everything you do for feeding me because, yeah, we just ate a delicious dinner (laughs) and uh, it was all all Chris. So, yeah, Um, that's the only reason that I'm able to do this podcast right now. (laughs) Well, that's... (laughs) Should we, should we quickly get back onto the podcast before we? Uh... Oh, so this isn't the food and food podcast. Oh, film no, podcast. Film, film podcast. podcast. Yeah. Got you, got you. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, so here we are, part one. We're going to talk about what is new to cinema, please, Chris. Yeah, there's there's only one big uh, release in the cinemas this week, um, and that is the Adams Family Two, which is the animated sequel to the Adams Family, not um, the. It's not a re-release of the Raul Julia, um, Angelica Houston, Christina Ricci, uh, Adams Family um, from the 90s. This is the animated um, version with Oscar Isaac as Gomez Adams, Charlie Theron as Morticia, Chloe Grace Moretz as uh, Wednesday. Um, it's, so it's got, a, it, it's got a pretty good cast. But it's uh, the first one did not get particularly good reviews, but obviously earned enough uh, at the box office to warrant a sequel. And this one hasn't had very good reviews either. <laughs> um, but it's half... T- no, it's not half term yet, is it? But it's spooky. I don't it's spooky. know. It's spooky season. It's October, so... It yeah. is. And well, family. It, it's... I don't know if part of the problem is, I mean, because obviously I have not seen this one. I have not seen the first one. Uh, so I, all I can say is the reviews weren't particularly impressive, um, but I, I don't really have a personal opinion on it. Uh, but it does seem, although the cast is impressive, they are a cast of um, actors rather than voice actors, um, which is a common criticism of um, animated movies where actually you, you get big name actors in who aren't necessarily the best voice actors and it's an entirely different style it's a different um technique and quality Mm. and and skill basically and i think it's uh there's a lot of voice actors out there who are very recognizable uh who get relegated to sort of bit parts in major releases because they're just not as famous as oscar isaac or charlie Theron. so but I don't know if that's the problem with it. But, uh, you know, the Adams family are back and uh, Morticia and Gomez are distraught that the children are growing up, skipping family dinners and totally consumed with scream time. So to reclaim their bond, they basically go on a uh, like RV trip across America. What could possibly go wrong? Well, yeah, I, I maybe we'll just watch this one and skip the first one and see, maybe. What, see what happens. Um, uh, so yeah. that is that is out in cinemas across the country. Uh, that was the only major release. There are obviously other smaller uh, films out today, but that was the major release. And truly, as well, this is it's quite a quiet week because normally we do in, in part two a new to streaming, uh, so see what's on Amazon or or Netflix. And again, there are no real major releases on there either. 
Um, not, not much going on. Strange. Not much going on, but we we can because we've we've seen a movie recently, which is a, a recent enough release that I think is it warrants talking about. I mean, we've obviously seen movies you know relatively regularly, but not all warrant discussion. Um, but this is uh, a recent one. It's called Censor, which actually might be out in some cinemas still. Uh, it was a relatively small release. Uh, it's a British film directed by Prano Bailey Bond, who's a Welsh director. This is her feature film debut. And it stars Neve Algar uh, as Enid. Uh, you might recognise Algar from... Uh, Ridley Scott's recent sci-fi series Raised by Wolves. Uh, she was in, I think, De- is it called Deceit recently on Channel 4 or Channel 5. Uh, she was in Pure on Channel 4 as well. Uh, she's quite a recognisable actor um, and and quite prolific in, in British film and television. Uh, Calm with Horses was another one she did a couple of years ago. She was nominated for a BAFTA. And she is Enid, who is a film censor in the 1980s during the the video nasties scare can i ask you a question though sure 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 is that their actual job title video censor are they not like um like a um film censor sorry are they not like film i don't know it doesn't that doesn't sound like the right they're not sent they're not like obviously like they are kind of censoring stuff but like at the same time yeah, that is true. That is a good question. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I will see if I can look it up very quickly the, to see it's what. The, it's the Board of Film something. It's the British Approval. Board of Film Classification. So Class- I, I suppose you say she's, she's a fa- film classifier. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, and but this is in in the the eighties where it you know there's a lot of moral panic about uh, violent video nasties causing people to act sort of depraved or what whatnot it's a similar sort of uh, what happened with violent video games and um rap music with you know not very nice lyrics and things like that people just you know it's the downfall of society and yeah okay society was already downfalling like <laughs> let's not well, so this is, and so Enid is, um, she's she's known um, by her co-workers as Little Miss Perfect. So she's she's very strict in recommending what could be should be cut or banned. And she watches a film um, one day uh, in, as part of her job, where it it brings back horrible. It sparks some memory for her of something traumatic that happened to her in her youth. Uh, involving her sister who is uh, missing uh, presumed dead and it's happened years ago and this film uh, sparks something in her and she starts you know going down the rabbit hole of trying to 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 find out who made this film how they made it and where they got the idea for the scene where they got the idea from it that that seems similar to her It, it also starts um getting the audience to ask questions about what they've seen so far and it's it it's a, a it was a very small release. I'd be surprised if um, I wouldn't be surprised. Sorry, if, if many people listening to this haven't heard of it. It's it's, it's not exactly you know Neve Algar is a recognisable actor, but it's not got many more recognisable 
actors in it. Maybe Michael Smiley, who plays a, a lecherous film producer. He's he's a sort of character actor, Irish character actor that turns up in quite a lot of things. But other than that, it's it they're not very. It's not a very recognisable, you know, um, crew uh, uh, and cast. It's, but it's. It's it's a very sort of interesting, well shot, um, thought provoking little horror movie, which I uh, we've talked about this many times. I'm not a horror movie person. I don't know. I think I feel like you're getting there, Chris. I I think I'm making more of a I'm making gradual baby steps into it. <laughs> um, so we watched Candyman uh, a couple of weeks ago. That's right, and. We watched the first two Fear Street movies recently, so mm. I wouldn't say though that if this didn't really scare me, there were tense bits, obviously, and bits you sort of you know don't know what's going on, and there is tension, but I don't think I was scared in much the same way as I had been with other other films. Um, but there's not to say there's not like horrific bits in it, but I, it's it's more like I think a psychological. You know, horror movie than anything. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not trying to scare you through ghosts and ghouls and unknowns and you know you're on this journey with her, um, and the things, the things that have happened to her are you know, you can't even imagine um, having lost a sibling like how horrific that is and how that like might manifest. So yeah, it's a tragic tale sort of thing with you know. i think i think it's all although it's incredibly well directed and and a, a very good looking film i think it is algar carries it entirely the she's in there's not never a scene that i can think of really that she's not in she she is the anchor of the film yeah it's very much her yeah, you're like I said, you're going on the journey with her. Like you're seeing a lot of it, even though obviously you're not seeing it from her first person point of view. You're still, it's still her. It's, the story is from her perspective. Yes, the whole time. And, yeah, and if you had, I think if if you didn't have such a good actor in the in the lead role, it might be not as effective a movie. But there's there's so much going on on Enid's like face. So when she's watching these horrific films that she has to classify with her colleagues some of her colleagues are actually like you know physically re- repulsed by the the what they're watching and and squirming in their chairs where she's quite she's quite still but there's like very little movements on her face and things like mm. that and it's just it's hints of what she might be feeling or thinking underneath and it's it's a very restrained performance in many ways but it and it leaves a lot of you know a lot of questions and thought-provoking um for the audience but what, what i'd say is i'd overall uh very much recommend sensor we we did um it was on early home release on video on demand uh, so we did actually uh, rent it uh, but is available in some cinemas i think uh, around about it's still playing some film festivals and things so it's uh, it's around, uh, if not on video on demand. Excellent, yeah. So I'm sure at some point in the future it'll be out on some other streaming services. So yeah, keep that one uh, in the back of your mind for when it comes out a bit later on, if you don't catch it anytime soon. 
Well, here we are in part three, having not really had a part one and two, but traditional part three of yep. where to next. Yes. So this is where we go and we, we go international here at the uh, St. Albans Film Guide. And we headed to South Korea uh, and back in 2019, and we watched The Gangster, The Cop and The... Well, it's not called And the Devil. I should, I should get it correct. Sorry. Please. The, the please. Gangster, The Cop, The Devil. No And The. And it's directed by Lee Won Tae. And it is, it says at the beginning, um, based on a true story. And it is about, well, as the title may suggest, a gangster cop and a devil. So there's a serial killer in the South Korean city terrorizing um, people by basically his modus operandi is to cause car accidents late at night. He, he, bumps into the back of people's cars, causing them to stop. They get out, look at the damage, talk about you know swapping insurance information, and then he stabs them to death. Uh, all very gory. Gosh. Uh, but he's he's sort of gone under the radar because you know none of his people haven't spotted the pattern yet. Um, I think it was of, across juri- jurisdictions as well. Yeah, right? a, he's done he's done it in a few different places so that the police haven't you know linked up together uh and then but there is there is a cop out there um a cop out sorry <laughs> i was like what's the cop out i don't get there, it there's a oh. police officer out there uh, a hot-headed police officer um called jung and he's played by kim mu yeol uh, i do apologize if uh, these pronunciations of uh, south korean names are incorrect um but jung is uh, convinced there is a serial killer out there, but his boss is not convinced. He doesn't have enough evidence. And But then one day, um, the serial killer tries to ram a guy called Yang off the road. Now, Yang is a mob boss. He is the gangster of the title. Uh, he's played by Ma Dong-Syuk, who is more, uh, more well-known as Don Lee, who actually uh, he'll be becoming quite well-known to Western audiences um, as he will be appearing in Eternals as part of the MCU in November. Uh, I believe he's playing Gilgamesh of the Eternals. And so he is this hulking brute of a man. He's he's a, a big, like physically speaking and sort of, you know, imposing um, person who the serial killer tries to kill, but he has enough about him. He, he gets gravely injured, but he has enough about him and fighting skills to fight off uh, the attacker. And then Young, the police officer, decides to approach Yang and say, look, let's work together. It's, you know, it's a bit off script. Gangster and a cop working together, but the gangster has the the sort of people power to track them you know to actually search the streets and uh young has the sort of uh investigative power and so they set about tracking down the devil of the title and it's well okay, i want to i want to hear your sort of thought you, you presumably had no, no idea going into this what it was about no um i mean the title 
gives you a sort of you know lock stock and two smoking barrels like okay <laughs> it's it's sort of gives you the 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 clue is on the in the title right yeah uh but obviously yeah the devil could be what it could be a supernatural element or what but obviously as you've explained it's a, a serial killer but obviously that is a devilish thing um that that people a nickname that people might give to a, a serial killer uh and it yeah i think it i i did forget at times that it was based on a true story because i was asking oh when when was this set and it was that's true two- it, it's set in 2005 i want to say yeah so it's like early to mid 2000s and so it's flip phones there's yes there's this perhaps now 15 years later there's more of a cross jurisdiction um sharing of information uh and so that there's more perhaps there's more connectivity so the serial killer wouldn't have gotten away with so much as he did at the time um but i yeah i think yeah you have to remember it is based on true story so therefore people did die but like the way it's like the way it's uh, portrayed it's kind of like a buddy movie it's got it's got a, a dry sense of humor yeah to it which i think works in its favor it's it's quite funny yeah in places especially obviously the relationship between the gangster and the cop i mean it is absurd really well yeah and they're, they're always trying to like get one over on each other in a way yeah whilst maintaining this allyship but also trying to, because the other one doesn't, you know, the cop doesn't want to to have been seen working with a, a wanted mobster who mm. he knows has killed people. Yeah. And, and you as an audience know has killed people. He's not a good guy. But essentially, but also the mobster doesn't want his, like, criminal gangs and stuff, out, you know, allies in the criminal and the world, knowing that he's working with the police. So they're always trying to like kind of blackmail each other in a way. Mm. And um yeah, one of the, they're always, you know, thinking they they both think they're in charge essentially. Yes, yeah. Um but, but like yeah. because it is a true story obviously that dynamic was well, obviously the dynamic between the actual characters maybe who knows, but like cuz it's dramatized of course, but yeah, that dynamic's brought like something to it that made it a bit more fantastical which is so you have to remember it was real as well i haven't i haven't found really i haven't really found a reliable source as to in what ways like to what extent was it like i haven't found the actual original story itself properly yeah Yeah. so i don't know it's one of those ones there are ones where it's like based on a true story and it could be like one element is the truth part and then everything else is just they've they've done whatever they wanted to the rest of the yeah story and, and also because there is a lot of fighting in it, it like sort of like martial art like i don't know i i said to you after we watched it that it was quite like a lot of the characters were quite touchy-feely with each other like they would push each other like away like if they're annoyed they'd like sort of give them a bit of a shove like not in a very violent way but mm. And and other, I don't know. Like if it if it was the same story set in the UK, there would just be none of that. Like people don't really t- 
touch each other in that way. So I just thought it was like an interesting sort of cultural difference. Well, this is why we uh, we are doing international films. We're, Indeed, we're learning a bit about cultures as we go, and you know what we've learned from the gangster, the cop, the devil is that South Korean men are a bit more tactile with one another. Indeed, let us know if that is entirely not true, and we've entirely misread that situation. Uh, Chris at Slobberspodcast and I, I thought it was, yeah, it's a very, it's a very flashy film. It's quite, it's quite funny. It's, it's got pretty good action in it. I enjoyed the, the relationship between the two, the two leads, um, and, and especially, like I said, the sort of, that Don Lee is, he's a big bloke uh, as the, the mob boss, like physically speaking, but he, he has such a good physicality with with that bigness i don't know if that makes sense like the way he carries himself you sort of just know who he is as a person and also how he uses his like physicality and weight and heft um as a weapon or as a threat throughout is i thought i really enjoyed it and yeah. uh there's, there's one bit later on. i mean we ha- we haven't really said anything to 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 sort of warrant spoilers. So we're not going to really go into it. There's not sort of, it's not one of those movies necessarily. Um, we can just, we can just let you watch it. It's on, it's on BBC iPlayer. That's where we watched it and it should be there for quite a while yet. So, so track it down if you want. And yeah, there's, there's, there's one bit sort of a bit later on in the film where he uses his physicality, like in a way that I just really enjoyed. And you, I don't see, you don't see enough in, in cinema. It was sort of like it had a bit of a standoff and it got solved in a really, I thought, amusing way. But it's, I thought maybe like in terms of an ending, it maybe it sort of not lost its way a little bit, but like tonally it sort of was maybe slightly uneven. It's a relatively low key ending for what is, as up until that point, been pretty sort of action packed and intense and whatnot. But yeah, that is true. That is true, but I, I but didn't not, mind it so it's much. It's not in a bad way. Yeah, exactly. I don't think no. it's in a bad way necessarily. No. Uh, it's just sort of, you know, tonally it, is, it can be a bit, you know, uneven maybe is the word, but yeah, it's not mm. a problem particularly. I'd say, yeah, it was a, it was a good, uh, good solid film and I'm glad we watched it. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the sort of, yeah, I... I just really enjoyed it i would recommend it for sure there we go so next up in yeah, where are next, we going i've been in an hour and about it and so we've done what we've we talked about we've talked we've done we've done a couple of asian films we've done um french a french film we've done a senegalese film so we've been to africa uh, the first one we did was the mole agent. Mm, um, Chilean. Was, so we've done a uh, South American film. Um, I wanted to do a Middle Eastern film because I've never really, I've seen a couple of films from the Middle East, but not as many as I should. So on Netflix, uh, and so it's currently available on Netflix and all the way from Lebanon. I don't believe I've seen a Lebanese film. Uh, there's West Beirut. Uh, it came out in 1998, so it's uh, 23 years old now. 
Um, that's West Beirut on Netflix. And that is the next film we'll be discussing. If you have any opinions on West Beirut, please do let us know. Uh, that's uh, chris at stalbanspodcast.com or indeed sam at stalbanspodcast.com. Sam can relay them on to me. Uh, so, yeah, off to Lebanon next. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Okay, Chris, let's talk films on TV. Yes, let's indeed. So, tonight, Friday the 8th of October on Film 4 from 6.45, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. It is indeed the first time the world laid their eyes upon Indiana Jones. So yeah, the the rest of the films are actually called Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, oh, Last Crusade. I've never noticed Kingdom that before. Of the Skull. This one originally just it's often known as Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. However, it is its official title is just Raiders of the Lost Ark. And uh, yes, um, just it's obviously based on like the the adventure B movies of the you know thirties forties fifties, which was a thing that so this is directed by Steven Spielberg and also heavily involved was his good friend uh, George Lucas, whose own film series Star Wars uh, was based on very much as well the uh, B movies of you know the thirties forties and fifties. So this is sort of Steven Spielberg's attempt at that sort of thing and. So Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford um, gets artifacts and fights Nazis. What more can you want? 6.45, film four. Okay, great. On to Saturday, the 9th, we have on BBC One at 10.35pm, Game Night. Game Night, yes. This is Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams, um, who are a couple who enjoy getting together with their friends and taking part in game nights where they play, you know, it can be sometimes quizzes, they can play board games, but it's a regular thing they do with their friends. And then one night they decide to be a bit more adventurous and get one of these sort of interactive game nights where someone actually comes and pretends like, you know, there's, there's got to be clues that have to be followed. It's a bit more, they have to go out and stuff. Um, what they don't know is that... Um, Jason Bateman's brother has been kidnapped, and so they get this this threat. Basically, they have to go and solve this kidnapping. Except they think it's part of the game that they're involved in, and so they start uh, getting involved in a very deadly game with some very bad people, uh, all thinking that it's um, part of the puzzle that they're solving. And it's it's a really funny movie. It is. It, it, is. it is. It's really good. Uh, the star of the show, I think, is Rachel McAdams, who her uh, comic timing is perfect. As this, you know, you're just very competitive, uh, driven woman who just really wants to to 
do her best you can. It was completely out of her depth in <laughs> uh, everything. And it's, it's yeah, it's a really funny f- film. If you've not seen it, I would very much recommend Game Night. BBC One, so no uh, ads. That's on 10.35pm on Saturday. Yeah, uh, yeah. Reiterate, great movie. Would recommend. Yep. All right. Sunday, the 10th of October, also on BBC One at 3.05pm, we have family-friendly, unlike the game night one, Zootropolis. Yes, also known as Zootopia in some places. Uh, but this is Zootropolis about uh, Judy Hopps, who's a young, optimistic rabbit who is a newly appointed member of the uh, Zootropolis slash Zootopia police department. And uh, she actually gets involved while trying to solve a crime. She gets involved with a fox called Nick, also played by Jason Bateman. Game Night's Jason Bateman. And they start working together and they get a friendship together. But in this world of Zootropolis, there is tension between animals traditionally considered predators and those considered prey obviously judy hops is a bunny she's prey um nick is a fox so he is a predator and there's basically it's a film about racism but it's uh, done in a really um sort of child-friendly but informative and well-done manner i think uh, it's um one that all the kids should watch as well as just being generally very funny as well um and the animation is great uh, and it's well worth your time. Great. So don't, don't tell your kids though. Don't be like, right, we're going to sit you down. You're going to learn about racism. Don't advertise it as that. But you know, just let them enjoy it, and they'll learn a thing or two. Great. So on Monday, the 11th of October. So you've actually picked like a movie a day, which I really struggled with uh, in the last and, few weeks. Until Thursday, we're not going to get there yet. But Thursday, okay. there's nothing. But, well, that's you know, fine. Movie that's a day fine. until Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, um, we have on Great Movies Yep. at 11.30pm, Panic Room. Yes, David Finch's Panic Room and um, one of a very small selection of films I've seen on my own at a cinema and it just sneaks into Monday because it's at 11.30. But yes, this is a very stylish uh, thriller um, about... Uh, a recently divorced woman, played by Jodie Foster, and her teenage daughter, played by Kristen Stewart, who move into a very large new house uh, that comes with its own panic room. And on the first night that they're there, uh, three thieves, uh, played by Forrest Whitaker, uh, Jared Leto, and Dwight Yoakam, break in thinking that the house is, it's meant to be, uh, unoccupied. They've literally only just moved in. Uh, and they want some uh, something that's stored in the panic room. So once uh, Jodie Foster and Chris Stewart realise there are people in the house, they hold up in the panic room, and the three thieves set about trying to flush them out. And, I mean, it's obviously, let's say it's a David Fincher film who did Fight Club and Seven and uh, Alien 3 and... Yeah, you know, maybe don't mention that one. No, but... Uh, <laughs> The Social Network, all manner of things. He's a very stylish, um, clever director, and it makes for a great thriller on great movies at 11.30 on Monday. It's almost like, you know, they know what their uh, remit is there. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right. Tuesday, the 12th of October. Uh, we haven't changed month, obviously. Um, on London Live. Uh, yep. So, yeah, obviously, locally, uh, we all get this. I don't know if this is a nationwide available channel. Perhaps they have more, I don't know, Birmingham Live or something on the, on the same channel elsewhere or in the Midlands. But at 10.35, uh, it's called Lost in London. Indeed, this is a film I have not seen, but it's I picked it because it's when it came out, it's it's quite a unique movie in that it was shot and screened live. So it was shot and is shot as one continuous 100 minute movie. There are no cuts and it's not like one of those ones where it's like the cuts are hidden. There are no cuts. And it was then, at the same time, beamed live into selected theatres uh, when it came out on the January 19th, 2017. So it was uh, filmed live broadcast into theatres. And it's uh, written and directed and produced by Woody Harrelson. And it tells a sort of... It, it's kind of a fictionalised version of a true story about, that happened to Woody Harrelson. So in... In I think it was 2002 or so, uh, the early 2000s, he basically went on a mini, not rampage, but he had a night out in London, which he like broke something in a taxi, which then led to him being chased by police. And then he ended up spending a night in jail. And it was... So it's basically sort of based on that original event, but it's basically Woody Harrelson struggling to get back on a night out in London. And it's, it's the first film that Harrelson himself actually ever directed. Owen Wilson appears in it as himself. Willie Nelson appears as himself. And it's um, it's just an interesting experiment of a film, which I, I would very much like to see, to see if it actually worked. But uh, it got I mean, it got pretty good reviews when it came out. Not not stunning reviews, but it was more like yeah, it worked for what it was. Um, hmm. An interesting film experiment. Yeah, sounds uh, quite an, yeah cool concept. All right, so the final pick of the week, as uh, you spoiler alerted earlier, that there's nothing on Thursday. Um, yep. But yes, Wednesday the thirteenth on ITV four from ten pm, we have. Pitch Black, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is uh, Riddick. The first uh, time he appeared as the character of Riddick in David Toy's uh, Pitch Black, uh, it was then released. It was then um, in the sequel, The Chronicles of Riddick, that came out later, and then another film just called Riddick. I think so. Yeah, yeah I believe so. And this is uh, it was very although Chronicles of Riddick got quite big budget this. It was re- relatively low budget. Um, I'm looking up now. It still cost $23 million, but relatively low budget film uh, as uh, Vin Diesel is on a ship that's carrying, um, transporting passengers in cryostasis uh, across space. Uh, but then the ship then crashes. Uh, it, I think it's in a, it gets hit by a comet and it ruptures the ship's hull sends it off course it then has to land on a nearby planet the nearby planet however is filled with many a horror uh, and not just <laughs> <laughs> not just richard b riddick 
the um, the the murderer who can see in the dark, um, which is kind of handy. But he does not do so well in the daylight. But yes, he can see in the dark. Uh, it's also got Rada Mitchell, Cole Hauser, Keith David's in there, Claudia Black. Um, yeah, it's it's a good sort of fun, low budget sci-fi horror movie. When you say low to sort of maybe it's more middling budget, I don't know what. Okay, so what is like what is a low budget? What is a middle budget? What's an average budget? What's a high budget these days? I don't I don't know. That's true. I think more recently budgets have been like inflated not. I, i'd say rather than it being a slow budget you call it like it's not really mo- like, it's a modest budget okay and you can tell with some of the some of the special effects in it that it is a modest budget i mean it did come in 2000 so it's over 20 years old um, mm. as a film but i i, I wonder what would be considered like do you know the, like an average marvel movie these days like do you know roughly what they well, we, I, I think we can we can look that up. So the most recent Marvel film that came out was Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, the estimated budget, according to Wikipedia, was one hundred and fifty to two hundred million dollars. Okay, wow. Uh... That's just that's also just the budget for the film. Um, and rough, if you want to work out the a total budget to include like marketing and things like that, uh, a common rule of thumb is just to, to double that. Okay, so they spend the exact they say they spend the same again on the marketing yeah to you know posters and film you know trailers everywhere and you got to pay for pay for slots at the super bowl and you got to pay for you know advertising wherever and tie-ins with things and whatnot but wow okay so yeah okay so 23 mil in the 2000 in you know 2000s pretty yeah modest yeah all right so, well i've learned something thanks that's quite all right that's what i'm here for all right well thank you very much chris for all your very interesting picks on tv this week do join us again soon we have uh howard linsky will be back uh, with danny this week uh next friday and then you and i will be back again won't we chris we will indeed, but this time uh, you will be giving all your picks. Sometime that's right. We'll be talking your uh, Friday Fright Night as well. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, do get in contact with us, chris at com, or if you want to email me, you can do so, sam at com. We're also on the socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, if uh, those all still exist. Uh, when this goes out then yeah you can catch us at st Albans podcast on those but yeah thank you so much for your company and we'll see you again soon see you soon